Red Tops this morning carry the very same headline, the very same quote, I am a sick person, whether you're looking at the star, the mirror or the sun. This is the man's reply to attempted murder of children. Uh, a man charged with the attempted murder of three children told Gardaí, I am a sick person. He didn't speak uh, in court. Uh, Riyad Bouchakar is 50 years old, of no fixed abode, launched its alleged a knife attack on kids in Dublin's Parnell Square late last month. Everybody in the country knows of this story. So before the district court yesterday, it was also charged with assault and possession of a knife. And the attack came hours before the terrifying riots in the capital, as the sun puts it this morning. Story is picked up by all of the Red Tops. Uh, girl, of course, young girl, very, very young, only five, still fighting for her life after being stabbed in the centre of Dublin in November. So Riyad Bouchikar, with uh, no fixed address, brought before the court, had an interpreter uh, because uh, it's, he said he indicated, I do not understand, didn't address the court. It was a 10-minute hearing uh, and he was kept on remand without bail, uh, obviously, and that story makes the front of all of the papers today, particularly the headlining stories in the in the, in the Red Tops. The, Story yesterday from uh, Prague is absolutely awful where you had Czech students, uh, some of them clinging to the side of their university building while inside the university building their classmates uh, were being massacred by a classmate, at least 14 of them in Europe's worst mass shooting since the terror attack in Paris in 2015. So it's called Slaughter in Prague on the front of this morning's Independent. A student uh, kills at least 14, injures 25 on this gun rampage, so others were shot. Hopefully they'll survive. I don't know. There's a bit of, um, I mean, maybe maybe there's been an update since, uh, since I last checked on this story, but some papers are saying that he took his own life. Others are saying that he was eliminated. I don't know which is accurate there, but by all accounts, he was a student that was studying in the uh, university itself. I don't know whether you knew, but he murdered his father first and then gunned down his classmates in a rampage that killed at least 14, injured 25. Apparently, they're saying that he was influenced by other mass shootings around the world. It's awfully sad, isn't it? Um, both the Examiner and the, in, and the Mail this morning have stories relating to the movement of refugees and asylum seekers. There will be um, a court case now. The state is being sued uh, by the Irish Human Rights and Equality Commission with regards to um, a legal action concerning the human rights of people who come over here and do not get state accommodation. That's a front pager making the examiner this morning. We're now in court because of the chaos. And then uh, Mary Lou McDonnell has really and truly hardened the Sinn Féin policy on immigration. Now, some of the papers this morning are speculating that this will either be a vote catcher or a vote wrecker for Sinn Féin. But they have nailed their colours to the mast here, saying that what we have here as a country cannot be assumed to be here indefinitely for those who come into Ireland. And she's pretty much saying uh, that um, we need speedier deportations for those that don't qualify to stay here. And indeed, even with regards to Ukrainian refugees, we need to come to a time and a stage. I'm paraphrasing her words, not mine. We need to come to a time and a stage um, sometime in the future when Ukrainian refugees who are here and not working will just have to go. So she says Ukrainian refugees who are not working in critical jobs, much needed, shouldn't automatically be allowed to remain in Ireland beyond beyond March 2025. Up to March 2025, there is a protection order 
uh, for Ukrainian war refugees in Ireland. Nothing can happen in that regard. It's like a, an EU-wide temporary protection order, if you like, but it expires in, in 16 months. So it's quite a lengthy uh, look at that story um, and Mary Lou McDonald's because I mean, she many more people now come in and saying that we just we just can't. This can't be allowed to continue as it is with regards to the cost, uh, the implications for others who are here with regards to housing and health and welfare payments and things like this. It cannot go on indefinitely. Um, it's lovely to see the likes of the marina market thriving and going from strength to strength. And it's also wonderful to see all of the different casual trading that we see these days in the suburbs and in the satellite towns around our beautiful county. Uh, and I see that the City Council now have updated the new casual trading laws um, to protect and to regulate the sector. And it's kind of giving a thumbs up to casual traders who, who do good work. Like the previous casual trading bylaw in Cork uh, goes back to 1996 and it only designated casual trading uh, between Cormarket Street and Coll Street. I didn't know that. So, but with regards to lawfully trading, that was the only area. So that's changed now. There's loads of new areas now added, 10 in fact. It goes from far over in the west to Ballancolic Regional Park and way over in the uh, east then to Blackrock Pier and all sorts of different places in between. That's logical thinking. Um, Also, there's some good news in the new year with regards to energy costs. I'm wondering about that, though, because there are all sorts of issues in the Suez Canal uh, because, um, you know, there's uh, there's safety alerts in the Suez Canal these days. So a lot of shipping uh, is going, and, and a lot of it would be oil, wouldn't it? And petrol and diesel and stuff like that is going down under South Africa and coming up the long way. But anyway, Eamon Ryan is saying that households can expect energy bills to plummet in the first six, six months of next year. It's pointless saying we're going to hold you to that because who knows whether that will happen or not. But if there is a, a decrease in household bills in the new year, as we were promised by the Greens, bring it on. From today, uh, there is the vaping ban to uh, under-18s comes into place for the first time today. I was mentioning this on the air yesterday. The Sun picks up on the story this morning where the new Public Health Act is in place. It's an offence now from today to um, you know, sell a vape to anybody under the age of 18. And if you do and you're prosecuted, you'd be lucky to get a €4,000 fine because you could also get six months in prison. That's a story that makes uh, this morning's sun. And then when you talk about, um, you know, m- mood-altering or mind-altering substances, uh, drink driving, 500 arrests uh, in the month of January or December alone, that's very high, isn't it? For Just for one calendar month in Ireland, um, since the 1st of December, there was like two and a half thousand mandatory intoxicant testing checkpoints. And of the two and a half thousand, <laughs> is that it? Out of two and a half thousand, 500 arrested for drink driving? I mean, that's very, very high. Is the penny not dropping at all? Lana was talking on the air yesterday morning about um, the KFC television commercial. Commercial. There's the girl who's getting married and herself and her bridesmaid go into KFC and they sit down and they get themselves a bucket of chicken and somebody complained to the advertising standards authority as you're allowed to do in a democratic state so for want of a better term KFC have fallen foul F-O-L-L foul of the advertising rules uh, for promoting a bridesmaid and a bride sharing a family bucket and saying they're going to consume it within 15 minutes now apparently typically a family bucket has 10 pieces of chicken in it KFC defended the ad by saying there was only 6 pieces of chicken in it and in all fairness if there were 6 pieces of chicken inside in the bucket and you had 2 women eating it and they had 3 pieces of chicken each that's not a lot of food but apparently it is uh, unhealthy to have advertising saying that 2 people in 15 minutes could eat a bucket of chicken from KFC 
probably not the healthiest food in the world but very tasty nonetheless so a bucket of chicken for the bridesmaid we can't be having that on the telly lads we just can't like as if it's anybody's business I mean don't get me wrong we have weight issues in this country for sure but that sounds very very kind of um, big brothery to me but anyway whatever you're having yourself uh, Cameron Diaz is saying best way to a happy life is, to sh- is, is not to share bedrooms to have your own boudoir and your own place do you see the, remember in the crown you'd see Queen Elizabeth and Prince Philip in their own bedrooms and they'd visit each other from time to time in inverted commas Cameron Diaz loves this idea actually because she says she says you can't be putting up with people who are snoring or um, <laughs> other, other type bodily functions like that or kicking out in the middle of the night and waking you but snoring's the big ticket we need to go back to snoring in the new year yes we dropped that story way too fast in November I know right? I know, I know, yeah. I know. We need to go back to it because it's a huge problem Father Christmas took over yeah, a it's bit. a huge problem in relations but Cameron Diaz has the solution separate bedrooms separate bedrooms yeah I think I, that's fine if you're Cameron Diaz with all of the money and you've got spare bedrooms to begin with yeah that's true actually yeah sure so some of us are living and there's 18 people in the one room and we live in a shoebox the yeah, little fire to keep us all going. Um, no KFC family buckets here. Um, I was going to say, to you, on the KFC thing, if they were, if they, so the I saw oh, the ad. If the ad had them eat like a little side salad, right? There was a little side salad there next to the bucket that they're eating. Even if fine. they didn't, would have been fine. Even if they didn't touch it, so you know the only thing, been that, absolutely you know the only fine. thing that was going through every time it's I see nonsense. that ad. You know the only thing that goes through my mind when I see that ad. I was thinking with all of the chicken and the grease and all of the lovely juices from the chicken I every time I see it I say she's going to destroy her wedding dress <laughs> yeah. she's going to do yeah, something yeah. and her hands are going to rub down the front and it's going to be destroyed and knowing like if well obviously I wouldn't have a wedding dress but knowing me that if I was wearing something white my initial thought would just be to kind of you know a quick little kind of shufty little hand swipe off just in the, kind of down the side of your leg and then all of a sudden game I don't over get you it. know what I mean I just don't get it's, it uh, like, uh, it's, uh, doing, it's his job he's doing his job but uh, it's his job. <laughs> that for me actually is the saying of the year he's doing his it's job the quote of the year he's doing, doing his job <laughs> all credit to doing your job um, he, um, he the, there was a McDonald's one as well this is what made me think because KFC obviously had that but I'm sure McDonald's had a thing about early morning risers and McDonald's it was McDonald's breakfast ad and they had it was like groomsmen and bride going to McDonald's after their wedding and I don't remember somebody putting in a complaint about that either. Yeah. What you shouldn't you don't shouldn't be eating you McDonald's be after you get married. After you get married, yeah. Break. Just just leave it off. All right. Text O eight six eight one oh four one oh six. Pick up the phone on O eight one eight one oh four one oh six. One or two other just a few festive facts. These don't make the papers. This is stuff that I got online myself, um, with regards to as we head into the festive season, probably see this in the papers over the next few days. The fake snow lads and the Wizard of Oz and White Christmas was made of asbestos. Christmas presents in Greece aren't delivered by Father Christmas by but by Saint Basil. Basil! Harper Lee's friends gave her a year's wages for 1956 Christmas so she could take time off to finish to kill a mockingbird. Not a very kind thing for friends to do. Cary Grant and Clark Gable met once a year to exchange unwanted monogrammed Christmas gifts and apparently Jingle Bells wasn't originally written as a Christmas song but to celebrate Thanksgiving. Uh, I have that and lots more fun facts for Christmas on the last day of the year for this here radio programme. Text 0868104106 back after these. The number one talk show in Cork. If it's happening in Cork, Neil is talking about it. The Neil Prendeville Show on Red FM.
Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818-104-106. Red FM. Hello. Well, hello there. Is that Jenny? It is. Hi, Neil. How ah, are you? Ah, yes, indeed. You got it. A one. Lovely chatting with you. Happy Christmas. Thank you, Neil. Great to hear from you. I listen Man, to your it's... show every morning oh, here, here in Southern Oregon. In the mountains of Oregon, I hear. Well, my God, the world is I a know, small right? place. Listen, um, we'll talk about that in a moment, but Ros Buckley and Anna Cosgrove got in touch with me, telling me all about you. Are they pals of yours for a long time back in Cork? Yes, yes, we all went to school together, a bunch of us, and we're still friends to this day. It's great. Where'd it's great to have that when you move away, yeah. and when you go home, it's like you never left. So where did you guys go to school then? Were they all, are they all Mayfield girls? We're all Mayfield girls, yeah. we. Uh, well, some of us went to Mayfield Community, and a couple of the girls went into town, but uh, we all went to the same primary school oh, together and right. have remained friends to this day. And is it the case that Roz and Anna stayed at, in Cork, but you got the Wanderlust and headed to Boston in the 90s, I think, was it? <laughs> That's right, yeah, yeah. There's there's Roz, Anna, and then there's Trace and Liz that are sisters, and Sinead, and then my friend Liz, she, moves, she lives in France. And the rest of them all stayed at home and my friend Aisa too. Okay, so 27 years ago, you took the plane to Boston on an adventure and never looked back. Married, settled down, had children, the lot. I know, it's kind of crazy. I actually only came for three months first. You know, the way everyone comes on a J1 for the summer. <laughs> so my brothers had come before me. So I just, I came to Ocean City, Maryland for three months and I was just loved the US and was obsessed with it. Yeah. And then I had a friend who lived in Florida. So I went to live in Fort Lauderdale for two years. And then I went home for Christmas and I remember standing outside Roger Stores in the lash and rain and said, oh, I'm out of here again. <laughs> and they're just ha- they just happened to be um, a thing on the TV, two for the price of one to Boston. So myself and my boyfriend at the time just hopped on a plane with my friend Trace, actually, she originally came and her boyfriend, Gary, and the four of us came and uh, we lived in we lived in South Boston um, for a couple of years. And then they all went home and I was, I'm kind of the last man standing. And for a while, you were left heartbroken on your own your pals went home but you ploughed on and what did you do what did you do in Boston uh, like it was were you doing bar work or hotel work or working uh, in cosmetic yeah. treatments and things was it I was doing a bit of the boat. I was um, a bartender at MD O'Connor's at the Park Plaza Hotel in Boston. And then I'm also like a beautician. So I worked on Newbury Street as well. So I did both part time for years. And where was it that you were bumping into all of the celebs while you were there, serving hot brandies to Rod Stewart <laughs> and hanging out with Matthew Broderick and Jessica, Sarah Jessica Parker and the likes? I know, right? Well, you see, the Four Seasons was across the street, so a lot of them used to stay there, you know? And then they would, and we were literally, like, as I said, across the street, so they'd come in. So the funny thing with Rod Stewart is, I was working and the day bartender said to me, um, he was leaving and I was coming in and he said, oh, some fella who was in here today, his name is Rod Stewart. And I said, Rod Stewart, like the singer. And, he, you know, he's American kid, so he didn't have a clue, you know. So I, I said, I said, back up. Are you sure? And he's like, yeah, yeah. He said he's going to come back tonight for a drink. And I was like, all right. Oh, my God. So I kind of forgot about it then and got really, really busy. And it was just me and another bartender. And then this English fella came up to the bar and he said, oh, I'll have um, a Hennessy. Uh, 
in a snifter glass and can you warm it up? And I looked at the man and I said, come here, if you think this is the Four Seasons, you know, not a chance, like, you know, not a chance. And then I looked across the room and I said, oh, it's for Sir Rod. Okay, I'll do it for a picture. <laughs> I'm still back at the part where the day bartender never heard of Rod Stewart. I mean, he's big in America. I like. know. <laughs> I know. Isn't it crazy? And I guess he was doing a private show for someone that night, you yeah, know, yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I got but, my picture with him and had a bit of a chat and sure, he's very nice. Oh, absolutely. Seize the day. Take the opportunity. It's a big yes. Cork. It's a big Irish city and a, a big Cork city as well, isn't it, Boston? It's as Irish as you'll get. Oh my God, absolutely. You know, and I actually really miss that hair because there's no, not an Irish person in sight in Oregon, you know, oh, so that yeah. makes me. Uh, you know, I never thought about it, you know, and I have, you know, the Americans are great. My husband's American, my kids are American and everything. But ju- there's just nothing like Irish people, like an Irish friends and all that. You know, yourself okay. so how did, crack in the yeah, banter. How did that happen then that you went from, I know I know a lot of it was dictated by, by COVID and businesses closed down and were shuttered and that. Is that when you made, the, when you guys, your family made the change to Oregon, Southern Oregon? Yes, yeah, we did. My husband just had an opportunity business-wise to come out here. And normally I would have just said, he actually had, a, his friend owns a couple of businesses out here. And I always said, no, I didn't want to live on the West Coast or whatever. But just after COVID, things changed. You know, my dad had passed and everything. And that really kind of kept me to the East Coast where I didn't want to go. And I just felt like, oh, you know what? Life's all about experiences. Like, let's just go, you know. Um, so it is definitely an experience. I mean, you know, I went from living in a city to living up a mountain, basically, you know. Yeah, I was looking I was looking at where you're living, actually, and just seeing some of the photographs of you and the lads, the girls, Dagan and Ellie, having some fun. It's, it's, yeah. like a, it's like a cross between the Waltons, Grizzly Adams and Little House on the Prairie kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's like it's like Florida Wildlife Park going even driving down to the gate it's a mile going down to the gate like and you'd be seeing deers and uh, you know bears even you know like we're I try not to think about it too much they're, they're usually harmless they just run away from you but you have to be aware of your surroundings and what's here you I know? can imagine bears mountain lions bats and rattlesnakes you wouldn't see any of them around Mayfield I know, Neil, one night I was sitting down watching the telly here at my husband and a shadow flew above my head and we have very high ceilings in the house. And I was like, what was that? And then we just took no notice and went back to watching telly and the next thing, boom, over my head again and wasn't it a bat <laughs> flying yeah. around the house? And then so we're like, oh my God, how are we going out? So we're Googling how to bat out of your house. So I get, you know, one, it's illegal to kill bats. It is. And yeah, uh, yeah. secondly, yeah, um, so we just Googled, if you play loud music and stand at the door, they'll fly out. So my kids were here even, and we played Girls Just Want to Have Fun on a loudspeaker, and then he flew out after about 20 minutes. I wonder, <laughs> does, I wonder does Sydney Law, Cindy Lauper know that her music is good for clearing bats? <laughs> I know, right? I was putting the kids to sleep, and I was lying down in the bed with them, and there was another one flying over my head as well. I was like, oh my God, and I didn't want to wake the kids up, so I just had to lie there and let him fly back and forth and back and forth. And then when the kids fell asleep, we got him out. I know, but I'm just thinking, if I had a choice between bats um, flying across the ceiling or rattlesnakes rattling along the ground or the floor, I'd probably oh. go for the bats, would you? Uh, yes, I would go for the bats. You know, I, that rattlesnake I sent you the picture of, I've been here now over two years and I haven't seen one. I've seen snakes, but not rattlesnakes. So I was actually on the phone to my friend Roz when uh, my husband was working outside in the workshop and I went to tell him I was going to pick the kids up from school and I was just about to win the door and it hissed at me, you know. So 
I was like, oh my God. So we called our friend and he came and uh, took care of it. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, oh yeah, God, the, it is very, yeah, it is the, very scary. The worst we have put up here is barking dogs, but they're in a totally different league yeah. with black bears and they're caught. But there must be something I, idyllic about it. Very beautiful, I would think. Very beautiful. And like even I, my, my distance to work, I have to drive 30 miles to work every day to civilization. But um, it's like it's between the mountains and it's gorgeous. And that's why I started listening to podcasts, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like I need something to do here. It takes me an hour to get to work. But yeah, no, we're very fortunate. You know, I got a job here like I'm a spa manager in a fantastic spa in a town called Ashland. And it's I'm loving it, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a book in it, really, if you think of it, your life and the transition of your life from Mayfield to, you know, know, Florida, from Florida to Boston, from Boston to the mountains of Oregon. It sounds like such a beautiful story. But is it like, have you done winters there? Do you get the different seasons up in the mountains? Um, So one of the main reasons then we were leaving in Massachusetts is I was sick of the snow every winter, so cold, you know, and um, it doesn't really snow here. But of course, the first Christmas, it did snow here. So the joke was on us. So, yeah, it snows a little bit, but it's not it's not as cold as Boston. Like in Boston, you need a coat down to your feet almost. And the only part that's exposed is your eyes, you know, know here you can just have like a kind of a bit like Ireland, I guess, you know, and the greenery is like Ireland and like it it, I kind of. it reminds me of Killarney a little bit, you know, like surrounded with the mountains and the little shops and that, you know. But do the girls love it, though? Is it a big change for them? Oh, yeah, they absolutely love it. Yeah, they're, they're obviously scared of the snakes and stuff like that. And honestly, we had to tell them what to do if they see a bear and things like that. Like, what? not to like, panic. Run, and like, run, oh, run not, fast. Yeah, no, not to run. Don't That's run. That's the worst thing Oh, really? Do. Oh. Yeah, don't run. No, yeah, you have to you have to make yourself big and back back slowly and make a big noise, you I know. And I actually that. have a bear horn. Yeah, I have a bear horn that if we're out at nighttime... Um, and or if I if I go walking down to the gate and back, I have it. If 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 they would come near me, you know, you just set it off and it'll frighten them and they'll run away. Okay, well, I bear that in mind any time I cross I come across a bear um, in the not too distant future. <laughs> but you do. I but know, you say right? you do get homesick. So it, what, what's this week like? This is Christmas week. Are you missing home, family, friends? Oh yeah, terribly, Neil. Terrible. Don't make me cry now. Honestly, uh, I'm trying not to think about it. It is kind of sad, you know. We like we just have our, my little family here now for Christmas and it's fine you know I'll just have to say you know my mother just had um, hip surgery there and I'm extra worried about her but like I know she's going to come she's been here so she's um, she's going to come in June for three weeks and my mother-in-law is going to Florida and we're going to Disneyland in March for 10 days so that's that's my Christmas to me you know Yeah, yeah but will you have a traditional Christmas day I wonder will you be able to put your hands on everything you need Yes, yeah, it's hard though. That's why the paddy box, when I heard on your radio, I was got all excited about it. You know, it is kind of like when you're in Boston, there's Irish shops that you can go into now, they still charge you like three times more. Oh, but I, you, I would go in and drop, I go in and I drop a hundred bucks or whatever. But here is kind of hard. You know, you can order stuff on Amazon, but again, it's super expensive. Well, I have to Am- tell you, like we do- there's good news yeah. in that regard because paddy box actually posted um, and shipped your paddy box last Friday. So you certainly will be getting it in uh, the next day or two. And it's chock full of goodies. It's got your Barry's tea and it's got uh, Tanora in it and it's got Cadbury's chocolate. And um, do the girls know about uh, Tato cheese and onion crisps? 
Yes, they do. They love all the Irish stuff. They love it. And part of me is like, I shouldn't have introduced them because now I have to share it. <laughs> <laughs> Not necessarily. You could just quietly take a, the crisps out of the box and put them oh, on I your bed. Oh, I do a bit of that too, Neil. I do, I do a bit of that too, for sure, yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, listen, I know what Roz, were talk- Roz and Anna were talking about when they said that they look forward to hearing all of your stories every time you ring them. You have no problem in that department. I'd say every day and every week is a new story. Oh, I know. Oh, I'll tell you quickly when I met Sarah Jessica Parker, because I actually... Nice to meet a celebrity and everything, but like her, I was obsessed with because with years of watching Sex in the City and living in South Boston, and we used to go to New York all the time. We used to watch all the restaurants they go to, and then myself and my friends would go there. So I couldn't believe when she walked into the bar and she was just like, um, uh, "Is the kitchen still open? Do you guys serve Cosmos?" I'm like, "Oh my God, Kerry Bradshaw's asking me for a Cosmopolitan. I don't believe it." <laughs> so um, I made her a Cosmo, and she loved it. And yeah, chatting to Maggie Broderick, and you know they have a house in Donegal. So the Irish always yeah. helps there, yeah. 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 Well, I'm, de- yeah, I'm so delighted. We had a good old chat. Yeah, and I'm delighted she did chat with you because sometimes you look forward to meeting one of your heroes or somebody that you admire and they turn out to be yeah. rude or disinterested. So that's good, isn't it? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. I know, yeah. I'm delighted. And all my fr- it, was, it was fun then to have the pitch as well and all my friends couldn't believe it, you know. Well, listen, um, I hope that you... And your, what's your husband's name? Sorry, I don't even know his name. It's John. John. Okay, well, I hope you, John and Dagan and Ellie have a great Christmas. Um, Do you want to give a shout out to your family and friends back home who'll be listening to this? I guess a lot of people in Mayfield will be listening who knows you right now, yeah? Yes, I know. Jeez, I'm afraid I forget everyone. So thanks to all my family and friends. Thanks, Roz and Anna, for sending this in. Aisa, Liz, Sinead and Trey's. And then my um, little niece, Jess, and um, my nephew, Tom. And um, my mom, of course, Monica O'Connell, who's recovering for her hip surgery. So she's bored at home now, so this will keep her entertained. It will lift her spirits for sure, it will, Jenny. Well, happy Christmas to you. Uh, the Paddy Box will be there any day now. You can get stuck in and enjoy it with our best wishes. All right, happy Christmas, Jenny. All right. Thanks, Neil. Same to you. Appreciate the call. Take care. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Chrissy Hind and the Pretenders, another one of Jimmy the Lock's faves, 2,000 miles. I got a lovely note in the post from Tom Woodward, actually. He's uh, amongst the team that put together the Rotary Tree of Remembrance. Uh, and he's just asking for a quick shout-out to remind people that trees open all day, Saturday and Sunday. You can write your messages of to your loved ones at Christmas time, people you want to remember. You know the yellow ribbons? You see them there just outside BT, just in the plaza area by Winthrop Street, the beautiful big tree. I saw it there over the last few days and it's chock-a-block with little yellow uh, messages on little ribbons and donations are gratefully received. All the funds raised go to local charities on Leaside, including Marymount Hospice, Enable Ireland, Cork Simon, the Cork Sexual Violence Centre, Cork Arc and the Cork Cancer Support. And there's plenty of money to go around for all of them if last year is anything to go by because over €100,000 was raised last year uh, due to the generosity of people in Cork and over a million has been raised in 21 years of the Remembrance Tree. So well done to Tom Woodward and everybody involved in that year in, year out. Tree is there for you to write your lovely messages and give what you can afford. Text 0868 for Christmas shout-outs. It's going to be a busy morning. It started busy, will remain busy right up to midday, trying to squeeze as much in as we can. We have an awful lot prepared and lots of great music. Best way to do music is live. And I'm happy to say back in studio again, 
uh, this year. We have Leash Leahy and we'll, she'll be playing live for us over the next hour or so. I think she'll join the Roaring Forties a little bit after 10. But she's an early riser, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're an early riser. <laughs> Thanks and the, the tonsils babies. have been... Wa- oh, is it the babies? Yeah. <laughs> the babies. Yeah. Get me up in the morning. Good stuff. Actually, you know what? I was up at six this morning. I walked down, into, I walked down to Douglas with the dogs and my wife. Yeah. Um, and we went to see the beautiful lighting display in Douglas Community Park. Uh, and the best time to see that is either early in the morning or yeah. late at night. Have you seen what it? What a way to start the day. I haven't seen oh that. Oh my God, no. the lighting. And it's all voluntary. It's Amazing. just magical down there. Uh, They've done such a wonderful there. thing. Absolutely. So I'll you and I both. Yeah. Yeah, they'll be amazed actually looking yeah. up the lights. But do it when it's dark. Okay. Anyway, uh, you ready to go? The tonsils well oiled? Let's do it. After yes. the break. The Neil Prendeville Show. Cork's number one talk show. Pure Cork. On Red FM. Get it off your chest. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Oh, holy night. The stars are brightly shining. It is the night. Of our dear Saviour's birth Long lay the world In sin and error pining Till he appeared And the soul felt its worth A thrill of hope the weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn fall on your knees oh he friend he knows our need 
and he guarded us from danger. Behold a king before him lowly fire this morning. I have to say, ladies and gentlemen, um, that she's such a pro, she did the first half of that song without any working headphones. <laughs> the magic. The magic of it all. But it didn't, the magic of Christmas. It didn't phase you. Are they all right now? I think so. Yeah, we're okay. I've one on, one off. It would have, would have killed another woman, but not you. No. No, no, no. We'll, we'll pull through. Oh my God. I hope, that, I hope that's the only mishap this morning. Non-working headphones for a first start. If I was out of time, I'm sorry, Arky. You were not. Here we go. You are perfect. You're an absolute trooper. Well done. Go get yourself a cup of coffee or a strong beverage. Okay. <laughs> Back after the break. You're listening to the number one talk show in Cork, the Neil Prendeville Show. It's the best in Cork on Red FM. Uh, Christmas shoutouts all over the world. We were talking with people overseas for all of our various paddy boxes. I think I'm fairly certain now that today will be the last day that they'll be delivered an awful lot of people have received them already how do I know that? Because they've been sending me photographs and they've been sending me thank yous from all over the world from people who have received their Paddy Box from paddybox.com so that's another good job done for another year, solving an awful lot of issues from people as well this Christmas time the beautiful story of Chloe in America over in New York and the dog eating the passport literally the passport in, was you know, in, with her in, in New York and some friend's dog ate it she was planning to come home. So therefore, without the passport, ain't going to happen. So she applied for a new passport. Nice to see Cork Bio have picked up on the story online. She applied for the new passport and it was delivered to the family home in Passage West. But she's in America. How's she going to get the passport? Well, Marion uh, from Carrigaline was heading to New York and she brought it out um, literally later the, later the day we were talking to Chloe on the air and the two of them met at uh, JFK and the wonderful thing about it and of course Marion gave Chloe the passport the wonderful thing about it is that uh, they did send me a photograph of Marion and Chloe at arrivals and it's lovely to see that Chloe has a couple of gifts as well in her hand and I'm sure there were for Marion and Marion's out visiting family and she looks absolutely fabulous uh, so that's a great result it really and truly is it's, it's amazing actually because you have people coming and going at Christmas time and there's always a little bit of apprehension whenever you're flying I, I remember I remember a few years back when we were heading out to America um, out of Shannon and there was awful delays with regards to the Estes and our Estes were coming in really slow. My advice to people, if it's worth taking, is don't leave it to the last minute or even 24 hours before you get your Esta. Give it a long time if you can because my wife's didn't come in and we were literally standing at the United desk uh, at, uh, at Shannon and it still hadn't come in. Uh, it was awfully, it was awful actually because I remember at the time the three of us headed off and... 
Paula stayed and she was saying, look, I'll, I'll get the next flight or if it doesn't work out, it'll be fine. But the staff at the United, I'll never forget it. It was one of the kindest gestures that I've ever come across in a long, long time. We headed off into departures. Everybody was heartbroken. And she was left there um, at, the, at the check-in desk. But the United staff just wouldn't give up on this, right? They just wouldn't. So we weren't gone about five minutes when her Esther popped up on her phone. Um, and at that stage, it was too late for her. Uh, to go through well maybe it wasn't five minutes maybe it was like half an hour later or whatever the case may be but anyway the gate was closed uh, by the time it landed but the United staff at the desk in Shannon said hang on a second we need to get you to New York so what they did was they got her on a plane to Washington right and then they got her a connecting flight from Washington to Newark uh, and she flew into Newark and um, there was no charge they didn't charge anything for those extra flights now they could have done and maybe another airline would have done but they didn't. And I thought it was the kindest thing. She ran up and got a couple of boxes of Heroes chocolates for them, for the staff at the United Desk. It was a beautiful thing to do. And she got to New York a few hours after us. Uh, actually, I think, you know, it's, it's, it's actually amazing because just on that subject, um, I did notice, you know, because I, I fly quite a bit over and back, um, and I noticed that the United staff um, are slightly more mature, a lot of them. And I think that's a wonderful thing because... They are very professional what they do. And, you know, I think they, they are, maybe, they maybe you know, a bit more compassion and common sense comes with, with maybe getting a little bit older. Um, but I just, I found the service fantastic. And it all started with that one episode regarding the ESTA some years back. Incidentally, a quick tip. If you've got an extra 150 euro knocking around when you're booking a flight, uh, it makes all the difference if you go for those um premium plus seats. I know it's an extra 150 but if you have it, you get loads of extra leg room uh, and it's almost like being up in first class without the price. But anyway, I mentioned that because people are coming and going all of the time. Actually, talking about people coming and going, uh, lots of people were coming into Cork Airport over the past few days. It was like as if Columbus Sullivan had pitched a tent up there, to be honest with you. So we have Stephen, who is just back from Darwin in Australia. All the gang waiting for him. The welcome home balloons, mum and dad, the sister and the niece who you've never met before. So it's been a long journey, Steve. Oh, it has all 32 hours of it, but uh, not excited to be back. All the tears, can't pay it. <laughs> when was the last time you were back in Cork? Ah, uh, jeez, August. But before that, it was three years. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, long time. <laughs> what are the plans now for Christmas in Cork? Ah, jeez, can't say that, no. You never know what'll happen. None of us will reveal I might never go back, like. <laughs> Brilliant, and, and is it great to see, I mean, see, see Denise for the first time? Oh, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. If I can get a cuddle off or not, it'll be all better, but we'll see, we'll see. She's a bit wary of yet, is she? Ah, uh, until she sees all the presents, all the Christmas presents. <laughs> Brilliant, and I'm just going to go over uh, to, to yourself there. What's your own first name? Nikki. Nikki, how, how are you feeling having him back? Uh, it's brilliant. If you could just stay here and I'll not go back, we'd be laughing. <laughs> Loads of babysitting to be doing, isn't it, Ed? Loads of babysitting. <laughs> she doesn't know what to make of it. No, she's only waiting for our ties. She's <laughs> cute out. <laughs> You've brought loads of presents, apparently, anyway. Going to go over to Mam here very quickly. What's your first name? Lynn. Lynn, are you delighted to have him back? I mean, the tears are flowing now. Trill to bits. And what are the plans for Christmas with him home? Oh, just try and spend as much time with, us, with him as we can, you know, but... And Dad is there as well? Afraid so, yeah. Afraid so. <laughs> Trying to hide in the background there. This is a Brilliant to have him home. Absolutely fantastic. Have him home, if sound anyway, you know what I mean? Such a long distance. Uh, when you have kids, you're constantly worried about them. You know? I mean, they're so far away. Yeah. Like, it's just great to have him back, you know what I mean? And for the Christmas time, we'll spend as much time as we can with him, you know? Great so. stuff. Well, lads, listen, head away, enjoy Christmas, and welcome home, Stephen. So, 
I now am talking to a Christmas tree and, and CJ, who's just home from Christmas from Glasgow. Um, did you wonder, were you wondering what was going on here? Were you like, what the hell? No idea. I was like, oh, my mum never comes in to collect me from the arrivals hall. In the car. She usually waits in the car. Here, when I see this Christmas tree. <laughs> What the hell were you, like, I actually saw you, like, wandering around up and down here, and I was like, who's this person in the Christmas tree? Who are they waiting for? What are they doing? So... Well, it was this or a dinosaur. This or a dinosaur. This is this, more appropriate. I think this is more here. appropriate. That's exactly it. It's very hard to drive in. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't drive in it. I'm just going to say. So a nice lady helped to zip me up. Oh my god! So, yeah. Be the nice lady helping unzip her now. Yeah. Did you know? Did you know it was your mum? Or were you like? Because I saw you going like. <laughs> I had a moment of speculation but if you know my mother you know that this is the type of thing she does all the time actually <laughs> this is just the type of person you are I own it I own it delighted to be back in Cork obviously delighted for to be back in Cork yeah absolutely delighted always and to get a welcome like this always yeah it beats the one where she's not coming into the hall to collect me and what is the plans for Christmas now Head home, uh, eat too much, uh, watch too many movies, and then go back to Scotland about uh, two kgs heavier, probably. And would you try on this maybe at some stage yourself? Percent, this is happening. <laughs> She's going to force me. <laughs> I don't know if I'll have a choice in, in the matter. Do you know? Or may or may not have a matching one back at the house for you. Oh, wouldn't that be lovely? It would certainly be something. Listen, guys, have a lovely Christmas. Drive safely if you're going to be wearing this. Maybe get changed. I think so. I think I'll do that. I'll toddle off down the hall now. Listen, guys, welcome home and happy Christmas and enjoy. Thanks for chatting. The last of our reports from Cork Airport with Colm O'Sullivan. And thank you for all of those across the week. So many people came home from the four corners of the world, for want of a better term. And you're all welcome home. Happy Christmas to all. More live music on the way. But I just want to get stuck in to uh, the countdown to the big day itself and all of the food and all of the prep and all those kind of matters that go in making the perfect Christmas dinner. The man who should know all about it is Mike Ryan, the head chef at Cockbull and Corn Store. Morning, chef. Morning, Neil. How are you? I'm How's good. I'm good. I was reading during the week, actually, in the papers that the secret to a perfect Christmas Day food-wise is to do as much in advance as possible. One article was suggesting that you should cook the turkey overnight slowly. Would you be a fan of stuff like that? Oh, I would. If something like turkey, I'd like to cook really slow, or even the ham. You can do in your oven, like if you put your ham in, throw in a bit of cider into it and uh, uh, some vegetables, like a trivet underneath it, cover it and put it into the oven at 120, maybe 12 hours, it'll come out beautiful. Oh my God, 12 um, hours! Oh yeah, and you could leave it, you could leave that, you could do that three, three days in advance, so then all you have to do is glaze it that morning. Oh, hang and on a second. Are, tur- are, are you saying yeah. don't boil the ham then? Put it in the oven. Oh well, no, no, no. You'd have, you can actually you you soak it. You soak your ham, yeah. And you can then just cook it. So, but you have to get the salt. Depends on what kind of a ham you buy, how cured it is, and everything else. But um, if you soak, you soak your ham. You don't have to boil it, but you can. Then you can just cook it straight once it's been soaked, and you've changed the water and soak it again. 
and then you can just cook it slowly inside her and uh, it's it's beautiful. Like, I might you know? rise to the risk of that, but, but it's 12 hours in a slow cook, is it? Uh, oh yeah, very slow, 120 or even 100. You can keep an eye on it, but yeah, it'd be, uh, you'd know by just keep keep putting a, a, a knife or a skewer into it and just see how it's coming along. And have you glazed then, that beforehand kind of thing? No. no well, you, no, you, I, you could put a bit of mustard and everything onto it first to drive a bit of flavour into it. But what you do then, and it's like you could do this a few days in advance, because as you said at the start, if you try and do everything on the one day, just it's a panic, and there's no need. And you can actually, if you as much as you can get done ahead of time, the better. Because you want, like, you don't want to be the stressed one in the kitchen and everyone else enjoying themselves. That's so, right. Like, the yeah, you've got with, enough going on. Know? And the same with, I mean, yeah. turkey's a turkey. You, you you can basically you can maybe get a bit of butter on it, a bit of seasoning, and bung it in, right? Yeah, but if you get yeah, and you can do that. And sometimes we might complain our turkey's a bit dry, yeah. and that's because what we might do is, when if you're cooking it that morning, what people do is they tend to put it in. They'll put it in for however long they want to do it. Some people put it in for maybe a touch too long. Then you take it out and leave it sit, and have nothing over it. So all that steam that's coming off is the liquid in the turkey. Your best thing to do with a turkey or uh, or something like that is to cover it. Um, so if you cover it, maybe just. Um, Tinfoil or cling film is actually better because you get a better seal, and then put a cloth over it, a tea towel over that, and that kind of like a blanket on it. It won't dry out. Dries the, no, the steam will go back into it, and then you have it in the if you have it in the roasting tray that you've had with your liquid and everything else. That steam, it's the steam that keeps it moist. So it's always better to have it covered. What if you see steam coming off? That's that's liquid evaporating. That's your turkey getting dry. I also need to mention, give a plug actually to everybody at Hickey's um, Homeware there on Mailer Street because they have the turkey poppers again. They're a lifesaver. Those turkey poppers, and they're only like a euro oh, or two. Yeah. You stick them into the breast of the turkey. When the turkey popper pops up, the red tip of it pops out. The turkey's cooked. Simple as. I know, and uh, but I suppose the best thing to do is put it in between the thickest part. We always put in the thickest part of turkey. So if you put it in where the, the leg and the breast meat will be the thickest part, and the, on the very very top you'd have uh, would would be a thinner part. Oh, so it's always right. the, the thicker the, the thicker part of the meat. Where, the, where if you if you leave the legs on your turkey, um, just in between the leg and the the, the breast, which is the thicker part, so that to give you a, a proper reading. Then are you, you a fan of the whole turkey? Are you a bone and rolled man or what? Uh, well, I, I like so we were, were like most of my family loved the brown meat. So I actually I did it last night. I took the legs off the turkeys and basically rolled them. So I roast the legs separately wow. and then have the 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 do the crown um, in the oven. It's faster to cook as well anyway because it's it's when you just don't have the legs on the on the on the bird as well. I see. I, I'm a, I, I'm a fan. I, I I you know like we all love. We all love our traditional, our turkey, our ham, and our Brussels sprouts. We might not have them for one end of the year to the other, but on Christmas Day, it's, it's mandatory, isn't it? Absolutely. I don't mean to put a downer on this, but uh, the EPA are saying that there's 220,000 tonnes of food waste in this country every year, and 44% uh, of people surveyed said that they waste more food at Christmas than any other time of the year. Do you know what the poor old culprit is, apparently? The one that's wasted the most is Brussels sprouts yeah. the most commonly wasted food at Christmas? <laughs> I'd say so, and it's, it's, it's underrated. I actually like sprouts. I, I do like too. Them at different times of the year, yeah. they're a hard, they're a hard sell. I have to admit, but like, there's some really cool things you can do with them. But like, you know, if you like cabbage, you you know, there's you know, if you think of cabbage. Um, Brussels sprouts are, are sprouts are very very close. So like you can make a lovely cold cannon with it. Yeah, but cannon, only if you peel you know? only if you peel the entire Brussels sprout. <laughs> uh, 
Well, if you're peeling your sprouts, you know, the skin's on the outside. Yeah. Just, just toss them a bit of olive oil, salt into the oven for about 180 degrees, 20 minutes. And then when you take them out, you can sprinkle them with a bit of chili or honey or even molasses. And they're lovely crisps. Now, they're really nice then if you're having, a, you know, maybe a mulled wine or something and have them on the table, the crisps. Uh, uh, like crispy kale, same but, thing. a bit like Lovely. your kale chips. Yeah, that's an idea, isn't yeah. it? Oh, you could use a, you yeah, could yeah. use the the air fryer for that, couldn't you? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I use the I most times the air don't even turn on the oven at home. The air fryer is so much handier and so more so much more economical as well because you don't you're not doing large amounts. It's great for doing fish actually. How was how was biz this this Christmas time? Generally speaking, around the city, good buzz. Yeah, yeah, no, it's been a great buzz, uh, great vibe around the city this year. I must admit, um, it's great um, uh, footfall, good footfall around as well. Um, yeah, no, it's been. I think everyone is quite happy. You know, I think there's a, you know, there's definitely um, a lot of more people mulling, uh, milling around the, the, the city this year. It just feels it anyway. It's a nice vibe. Yeah, and long may it continue. Listen, thanks for everything yeah. across the year. I do appreciate it. You've been very good to us. So has Mags, always there when we need any help or a voucher for this, uh, that, and the other. So, seasons, greetings to you all, my friend. Oh, many happy returns, and uh, we'll talk to you again in the new year. Have a good Christmas. Thank you, Mike. Take care. Oh, Mike Ryan from Cockpool and Cornstalk. And I just said we have a very last voucher as well just before quitting time today talking about turkeys and talking about hams very interesting the way Mike Ryan does his ham actually we have a final voucher just before midday for the turkey breast our very last one the half ham and the very important spiced beef from McCarthy's family butchers at Hawks Road in Bishopstown so we'll open the phone lines for that just before midday today we've got live music on the way happy to say that George and the Roaring Forties are back with us again this year they've been doing a couple of numbers themselves but also they've teamed up in studio live uh, with Leahy back after the break with live music Cork's number one talk show The Neil Prenderville Show On Red FM Talk to Neil Prenderville now 0818-104-106 Cork's Red FM Morning all, last show of the years We head into uh, Christmas proper And it's at this time that uh, I hand over To George Patterson of the Roaring Forties In a totally different studio I hand the show over to him to do what he may with it God only knows what he will But I think he should be standing by George, good morning Good morning, Neil. How are you? How are you, pal? All right? I'm very good, thank you. Thank you so much getting out of bed early of a Friday morning. Do appreciate it. Well, you thank and you for having us. Always a pleasure. Always a pl- No, it's not surprising. It's a Christmas tradition. No, so is it Friday? It is Friday. <laughs> <laughs> He's off already. That's- you know why you're here, don't you? I do know why I'm here. Oh, I'm get- some- I've got some people around me looking okay. after me. Get on with it, mate. Get on with it. You also have the presence of the great Leash Leahy as well. So what are you going to do for us? beautiful. What are you going to do for She's- us? Not as beautiful She's- as you, George. No one could be as beautiful no. as me. No. Is the work really hard at it? Uh, anyway, let's get on with the job at hand then. A couple of Christmas tunes for the day that's in it, my friend. We're going into a winter wonderland, Neil. Off you go then. <laughs> Sleigh bells ring, are you listening? In the lane, snow is glistening. A beautiful sight, we're happy tonight. Walking in a winter wonderland. Gone away is a bluebird. Here to stay is a new bird. Sings a love song as we go along. Walking in a winter wonderland. In the meadow, we can build a snowman. And pretend that he is Parson Brown He'll say I am married We'll see no man But you can do the job while you're in town Later on 
will conspire as we dream by the fire to face unafraid the plans that we made walking in a winter wonderland Circus clown. Oh, he's a circus. We'll have lots of fun with Mr. Snowman until the alligators knock him down. Later on, we'll conspire as we dream by the fire to face unafraid the plans that we made. Walking in a winter wonderland from the top, sleigh bells ring. Are you listening? In the lane, snow is glistening. A beautiful sight, we're happy tonight, walking in a winter land. Gone away is the bluebirds, here to stay is the new bird. To sing a love song as we go along, walking in a winter wonderland. In the meadow we can build a snowman, and pretend that it is Father Brown. We'll have lots of fun with Mr. Snowman. Until the alligators knock him down When the snows ain't a thrillin' Though your nose gets a chillin' We'll frolic and play the Eskimo way Walkin' in a winter wonderland Walkin' in a winter wonderland <laughs> oh man, it's a rock and roll world. Big shout out, please, to Shane and Caroline and Mason and Jesse Pierce and all the lads who work from in advanced painting and decorating. A very happy Christmas. They're living in Sydney, Australia, and they're listening right now. They listen all of the time. And that's from the Pierce family here in Cork. Happy Christmas, guys. Wishing you and all of yours a blessed and safe Christmas. Uh, thanks for doing a great job all year, Neil. Keep it up. Thank you so much. You're very kind. Neil, this is going to be my seventh Christmas in Ireland. All of them have been different. But now with two-year-old Philippe, it's more interesting and fun. It will be at my sister's place this year. We do have all kinds of meals, a combination of Italian, Moldovian and Irish. So happy Christmas to you and all your listeners, says Alex. And all from the Riverstown Inn, including our top two staff, Harry and Shauna. After a Christmas engagement, pass on best wishes. Certainly will. And here's a lovely message, a sad message. Uh, Kieran Bracken got in touch. He says, my father, Michael Bracken, who was a regular contributor on your show for 20 years. Sadly, my father passed away last Tuesday, but I know um, his conversations with you and his time on the show gave him great enjoyment over the years, and he held you in high regard. I just thought you might want to know that he's no longer with us, um, says Kean. I'm so sorry to hear that. I do remember your dad, a gentleman, right down to his boots, and I'm very sorry to hear of your loss. 
Lots of other texts then on different topics um, with regards to Christmas time and unrelated ones like that. It's an interesting one there on the stat that I was talking about uh, drink driving um, and the fact that there was over 500 caught in the month of December. They should completely ban drinking in the workplace. The standard of driving on the way home at peak hours from work is scandalous and it's obvious from vehicles weaving from the verge line to the centre line. Driver... What? drinking in the workplace I wouldn't have thought that that was very common anyway drivers are also speeding up and slowing down and touching on the brake lights when not necessary these are all the signs of drunk drivers who should be nowhere near a road you have workers who've had a long day and they're tired and then at the end of the day having a party in the conference room with office and alcohol drink driving is a very big problem at Christmas time and the Guardian need to kick ass if we're serious of bringing down road fatality figures well I agree with that to kick an ass and bring it down road fatality figures but the other aspect of your conversation that's all new to me keep them coming though text 0868104106 lots of thank yous as well thank you to Pat who got in touch with us over in Eindhoven he got his paddy box and also huge thank you to you Mick Mulcahy Claire, Kevin and Seamus uh, my sister Catherine in Amsterdam received her paddy box yesterday and she's so happy she wanted to wish everybody a happy Christmas and say a very big thank you so delighted for Claire thanks for the text Mary back after the break you're listening to Court's number one talk show. I just think he's a brilliant interviewer. The Neil Prendeville Show on Cork's Red FM. The voice of Cork, Neil Prendeville. Weekdays 9 to midday, Cork's Red FM. You better believe it, we got George and the Roaring Forties in studio. With him, of course, is uh, Gavin Smith on guitar and Roy Keane on trumpet. Well, it's his job, like. It's his job. It's his job, like. It's Roy Keane's job to play the trumpet. Just get on with it. And also the great Liege Leahy. So back to Roar at Roaring Forties different studio to me so take it away George another piece of Christmas festivities what do you have in mind? Are we going to do uh, Let It Snow that was the one wasn't it? Yeah Let It Snow Let It Snow It ain't going to snow but we might as well sing about it what do you oh, think? Yeah well we don't know if it's not going to snow it could <laughs> snow anything can happen in the might snow in, it might snow in the marsh where you live but the rest of us it should be maybe dry It's great over there <laughs> I'm loving it over there Alright yeah. my friend well let us reminisce then about maybe a winter wonderland at Christmas time and you're on time, friend. Off you go. All right, then. One, two, one, two, three. Am I starting this? You started to Oh, the weather outside is frightful, but the fire is so delightful. Since we've no place to go, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. And it doesn't show signs of stopping, so I brought me some corn for popping. The lights are turned way down low Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow oh, When we finally kiss goodnight I'll hate going out in the storm But if you really hold me tight Then all the way home I'll be warm The fire is slowly dying And my dear, we're still goodbye since we've no place to go Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow Good night. I'll hate going out in the storm. 
But if you really hold me tight, then all the way home I'll be warm. Oh, the fire it's slowly dying, and my dear, we're still goodbye. As long as you love me so, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Go on, Roy Keane. It's job like. Job. Who are the sleeves of the new job? This is John. Oh, when we finally kiss goodnight, how I'll hate going out in the storm. But if you really hold me tight, then all the way home I'll be warm. The fire is slowly dying. My dear, we're still goodbye. Oh, If you still love me so, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. And if you still love me so, let it snow. talent you're on fire my, this morning my friends on fire Merry Christmas oh for God's sake don't be talking to me Merry Christmas to you <laughs> and all of the gang and thank you so much for making a special effort to join us this morning any shout outs for you George you want to say happy Christmas to anybody in particular uh no <laughs> yeah I do I do actually um I want to say happy Christmas uh, to the band. I want to say happy Christmas to everyone in the Bonds uh, Secure Hospital because that's where my that's where Orla works. Oh, yeah. of course yeah. it is. Happy so, Christmas, Orla, if you're listening. Hopefully, she is. Long-suffering girl that she is. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> what, nice, what about you, Leash? I know you got the kids and everything listening. Want to oh, say any Christmas? Big hi to Finn and Sirisha, who I am really hoping are going to be on the nice list. Neil, I'm really, really. Well, I'd be talking to Santa Claus around about ten to twelve. Do you want me to ask him? Would you mind asking me? Not. Oh, that would be brilliant so at all. My pleasure. And they've been good, but I think maybe a couple more really early nights sleep now. They might just about get on there. What do you reckon? Well, listen, all of you guys, happy Christmas. Thanks, Thanks. for everything this morning. I do appreciate it. Thank you very much, Neil. Have a Thanks. good one. Cheers, pal. George and Alicia and the Roaring Forties with uh, Gavin Smith and guitar and Roy Keane on trumpet. But as I say, as I say, you do your job. Roll your sleeves up and do a job. Don't be such a baby. Talk about his job. That's his job. Talk about That's the that's the that's the quote of the year for me. Talking about Roy Keane, you remember him earlier in the week? He was saying, some people were saying to me that he's just playing with people. He doesn't really believe it. You know that you know really Christmas is only about children and it should only be about children. Uh, you're kind of bringing out the channeling the inner Scrooge in him at Christmas time. He refuses to buy anyone a present. He insists the tradition is just. Uh, for children. I thought that was a great story. Good enough for Seamus to take to the streets of Cork during the week to find out whether or not people thought uh, that Roy Keane was offside or not. Have a listen. I'd say he's taking the mick. Do you? Do you think you should get a red card? <laughs> Or should he be sidelined? Ah, uh, no. No, uh, no, no, no. he's grand. No, he's grand. He's grand. But is he right that we're putting too much stress on each other buying presents Probably. when it should be 
concentrating on the kids? I think everybody concentrates on the kids. You know, we enjoy it. I think just getting together is the main thing. But he's saying that we shouldn't be buying presents for each other, that it should only be for the kids. That's Roy. That's Roy in a bad day. <laughs> but that's only his job. I know, but look, get him off. I'm not stressing myself out. I buy only a very select few presents to people I know that I like. And that's it. And then we just step back and we just meet up everybody and we just have a great time. I don't know. I won't tell no. <laughs> I couldn't tell you that. You think he was offside? I definitely think he was. Right, Bye, Keane. Tell him grow up. Should he get a red card? Double right, Double right. Be honest. should be bought for everyone, but to an extent of low money, like. For everyone, you're talking about my home. You're talking 14 grand. You're talking about, I have to do 30 presents. As a grandmother, I couldn't do 30 presents, but I give them all the same, 20 euros each. And then they're happy with that. They understand that us grandmothers could not do that. But if my sons and daughters want to do that, that's their own business. Do you think kids get too much now? I think so. Computers and everything like that's gone crazy, and and the price of them like is ridiculous. Yeah, crazy prices. Everything has gone crazy in this country, and you know? unbelievable. It's, we own the SP and the Robinus. Huh? Unbelievable, like what they get in the way I agree with him. Yeah. Do you think we should be buying each other presents? I don't know. Like. Can you afford presents, like? To me, children, like, when I grew up, now I'm a climb and he's cock. With nothing, with cap and a gun, you know what I mean? He's right, he's down to earth, he's right. I think I think the parents, I actually see today inside in the pub, poor old children with a bag of tears in their hand and the mums and dad above drinking points of port, you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? I'd agree with him 100%. How will you spend Christmas yourself? Oh, I'll be down at my daughter's house, you know, down there for the day, enjoying the turkey and ham and a few beers. No spiced beef? Oh, we have that at home. That's for home. We go home that night, have a, a nice sandwich, spiced beef. You can't go wrong, you know? It's brilliant mm. to be busy for Christmas. I'll relax. I'll go for a spin with my daughter, me and my, my grandchildren. I'll go to the pictures in the pantomime. I love taking them to the pantomime after yeah. Christmas. I have more time for them after Christmas. Well, what panto would you take them? I take the opera house, the usual thing. Yeah. The opera house. And if I had uh, if I had time, I take them to the other one, up McCartan Street. Yeah. That's that called the theatre. The I would go to both of them. Would you? I would have one. You see, I have boys and girls in our family. We have a lot of bo- girls more than boys, so the girls always choose the opera house, and the boys would choose the everyman. The everyman. So yeah, we have. We'd be busy I will. I will. Great to catch up with people on the streets of Cork, particularly at Christmas time. Text 0868104106. If any Christmas shout-outs that you want to do this side of midday, I'm happy to say that we have the lounge man in studio, Conor O'Shea, the lounge man, after 11 o'clock, and I'm looking forward to that. I think he's bringing a band with him, and he's also going to do Santa the Rebel. I love that. I've been looking forward to that song alone all week long. But it's all about the music this morning. We have the Barber Shop Quartet in studio this morning. Welcome, guys. Happy Christmas to you all. Lorna, Serena. 
Katrina, Patrick and Dan. Thank you for coming in. Think of what we might do. Happy Christmas. What we might do is get a number now, an ad break, and if I'm lucky, you might do a second. Brilliant. Are we talking about kind of a Christmas theme for the day that's in it? Yeah, for sure. First one's going to be Mr. Grinch. Um, no Grinch is allowed here. <laughs> okay, okay. So will I? Ca- I love doing. It. Can I count you in? One, a two, a one, two, three, four. Doopa, 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 You're as charming as an eel, Mr. Grinch. You're a bad banana with a greasy black heat. You're a monster, Mr. Grinch. Your heart's an empty hole. Full of spiders, you've got garlic in your soul, Mr. Grinch. I wouldn't touch you with a 39 and a half foot pole. Then he slid down the chimney, a rather tight pinch. But if Santa could do it, then so could the Grinch. He got stuck only once for a minute or two, and then stuck his head out of the fireplace flue, where the little Who stockings hung all in a row. These stockings, he Grinched, are the first thing to go. Then he slithered and slunk with a smile most unpleasant around the whole room and he took every present and stuffed them in bags. Then he stuffed all the food in the chimney with glee. And now, grinned the Grinch, I will stuff up the tree. You're a foul one, Mr. Grinch. You're a nasty and wafty old skunk. You're a skunk. You're a skunk. Your brain is full of unwashed socks. Your soul is full of gunk. Mr. Grinch. The three words that best describe you are as follows, and I quote, stink, 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 You're so bad. <laughs> I want to watch that movie again. I'm listening to this, right? I'm thinking, when do you people actually get time to breathe in that song? I thought your faces would turn red. It's festive. <laughs> oh, my God. But the timing is amazing, isn't it? It's almost like as if you're kind of instinctively knowing what each other are doing. Yeah, reading lines all the time. A lot of time together now. <laughs> Which one of you is Dan? I'm Dan. Oh, so you're not wearing the Christmas jumper. That means that He's the Patrick... <laughs> so you're the Grinch. <laughs> nice one on the sweater, pal. Make it an extra effort. So are you busy? I mean, you're all Cork-based. Are things going well for you? Uh, yeah, we're Cork-based. Um, we have had a busy Christmas season. Um, we're looking forward to next year. We sometimes participate as special guests for the Cork Choral Festival, so that's a particular highlight for us. Oh, my God. So there are many musical strings to your bows then, are there? So many. 
Yeah, we all work in different elements or areas of music, whether, whether conducting um, Cork School of Music for Dan and myself. Serena has her own really busy studio. Um, Pat, oh. you're a music therapist and well a time gigger as well. So. Well done. It's yeah. brilliant. I think between us this week we had 10 or more concerts between really? us. Yeah. So, how's, yeah. the, how's the voice holding up? It's good. <laughs> it's damn good this morning, I can tell you. Any chance of another one after the ad break? And For then sure. we'll, let you, we'll let you get out of here. Excellent. Okay, after the break, the Barbershop Quartet with the cool Yule after the break. The number one talk show in Cork. If it's happening in Cork, Neil is talking about it. The Neil Prendeville Show on Red FM. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106. Cork's Red FM. And so, as promised, the Guys and Dolls Quartet with uh, Cool Yule. And I've got a cool job to count them in. One, a two, a one, two, three, four. From Coney Island to the Sunset Strip, somebody's gonna make a happy trip tonight. While the moon is bright, tonight while the moon is bright, he's gonna have a bag of crazy toys, oh yeah, gronies of the girls and boys, so dig, dig, Santa comes on He'll come a-callin' when it snows the most When all you cats are sleeping warm as toast And you gonna flip when old St. Nick's takes a lick On a peppermint stick Well, he'll come a-flyin' from a higher place So yeah, to the stockings by the fireplace So you, so you have a yule that's cool Ba-da-da-da, yeah He'll come flying from a He'll come a-flying from a higher place And fill the stockings by the fireplace You'll have a yule that's cool You'll have a yule so cool You'll have a yule so Absolutely perfect. Talk to me a little bit about barbershops. Where, where did they originate from? Is it literally barbershop? Yeah, it's an old American kind of... How did it start? People singing in in the old days, singing in barbershops while they're waiting around. Nothing better to do. Yeah. So, so the barbershop would have been waiting around for a haircut. And, yeah, you know, kind of doo-wop then was... Doo-wop was street corner, wasn't it? Just yeah, kind of impromptu. 1950s kind, yeah, of, yeah. kind of era and barbershops maybe going back to... Yeah. And the amazing thing is, no instrumentation necessary, of course. Mm. No, not really. Right. Some some early groups did have like an acoustic guitar, but you can do it a cappella. Fantastic. Well. And we started singing together about eight years ago. Yeah. The four of us, uh, the friends in college, and then decided, hey, let's do a group. Yeah, because yeah, you, you literally sing. clicked. Sorry, yeah. what were we saying? Yeah. City Hall was our first sing. I think it was like our third rehearsal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> On stage. You've perfected yeah. it now. You really have. Okay. Listen, yeah, thank you so much for coming in. Lorna, Serena, Patrick and Dan, thank the you. Guys and Dolls Barbershop Quartet. Happy Christmas to you all. Happy, Happy Christmas. Christmas. Great to see you. And thank, thank you for you. being part of the programme this morning. Actually, just one bit of... Another 
little bit of impromptu for you, lads. I meant to play this earlier in the week and I didn't get around to it. It's Rory and Kelly uh, from the from the Red FM team who apparently had been knocking around the building for a while singing songs. And uh, they started, ended up doing a, a little bit of a mash of Baby It's Cold Outside. And somebody suggested they should get in on breakfast with Casey and perform it. I'm told it went down a bomb. I hadn't heard it, but I want to hear it now. So it's amazing. You know, it can just kind of click and just come together and, and make it work. Have a listen to this. Uh, Rory O'Hagan and Kelly uh, from News and Sport here at Cork's Red FM are about to get, wrap up the show. Wait. Baby, it's cold outside. Take it away. This is the duet you needed in your life. Kelly, hit it. I really can't stay. But baby, it's cold outside. I got to go away. But baby, it's cold outside. This evening has been. Been hoping that you'd so drop in. Very Hold your hands there just like us. My mother will start to worry. Beautiful, what's your heart? My father will be pacing the floor. Listen to the fireplace roar. So really, I'd better Beautiful, please don't hurry. But maybe what's to half a drink more? Put some records on while I pour. The neighbors might think. But baby, it's bad out there. Say, what's in this drink? No caps to be had out there. I wish I knew how your eyes are like starlight to break now. the spell. I'll take your hat, your hair looks swell. I ought to say no, 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 Mind sir. if I'm moving closer. At least I'm gonna say that I tried. What's the sense of my pride? I really can't stay. Oh, baby, don't hold out. Baby, it's cold outside. Absolutely incredible. Well done, guys. I'm telling you. There is a record in that. There's, there's nine, nine nights of the opera house. Yeah. <laughs> what was Oh, their follow-up hit be, I wonder. We'll have to wait and see what the new year brings. Anyway, text 0868104106. We're back after 11. Season's greetings to one and all. Uh, isn't that Colm O'Sullivan gorgeous, Neil? Like, he could camp at my house any day. He's a wow. Colm and doing his stuff and drive every day, and he was up at the airport for us right across the week. Thank you for that, Gene K. I'll pass on... Your compliments. Morning, Neil. I was in Matten Point last night. There was a queue to pay. The girl at the till said, sorry, the card machines are down. It's cash only. So she asked anyone in the queue if anyone had cash. The first six to eight people in the queue didn't have cash, but I did. And I was paying for cash, so I got served straight away. Then I went to get some food, and it was the same with one of the food outlets. Just to let your people know, carry cash, lads. Carry cash. I was listening to the Vox there that Seamus did from the Cold K, and if the internet ever went down, where would we be without cash? Big shout out, please, to Cal McCarthy from the Long Acre Tavern in New York. He's home at the moment, and he looked after us very well last Tuesday in New York City, says Mary Kelly. Thank you for that. Tom McCarthy and the family are home from the New York area as well. He's the man who owns the Long Acre Tavern and Smithfield Hall. I'll see him later on. Thank you, please, and a shout-out to Celtic Interiors in Douglas for the magnificent Christmas hamper and the gift voucher they gave us as a prize to celebrate their 30th wedding anniversary. That was given away on this programme. 
some weeks ago. Thank you for coming back and saying thank you. Wish you and your team a very happy Christmas and would you please wish happy Christmas to all of the healthcare assistants who kept the show on the road 365 days this year. We'll be working on Christmas Day giving our residents a very special day in St. Luke's home in Mahan says Martha. Thank you uh, Martha for your text and happy Christmas to you all. Uh, please wish my son Daniel Moynihan a big happy 11th birthday for Christmas Day. We're excited for the big day. Thanks guys. Looking forward to more of your program next year. To all of you and indeed um, to all of your staff and everybody at Red FM and Paul Byrne from Virgin Media and his family a peaceful Christmas from the Bomber uh, also known as the great Roger Bly from back in the day of the early days of Pirate Radio. Morning, I had an operation last week on both my feet. I'm not able to do anything for the next eight weeks so my first time in 40 years not cooking Christmas dinner. I've ordered three takeaway dinners from the townhouse in Skull. It'll make it easier for us. But you kept me going every day so thank you for that. I really appreciate listening. Doesn't feel like Christmas to me at all this year but I'll have to keep the bright side out there. There are plenty people worse off says Monica. And one final one. Uh, Kevin I wish you and all of the team and Seamus and Claire and all of your families Happy Christmas. God's blessing for next year. Thanks for everything throughout the year. Uh, we'd be lost without you. Thank you so much. Um, that's from Marie down in beautiful Clon, a regular contributor to the programme. You are too kind. So keep your texts and your best wishes coming to family and friends, and we'll do some more between now and midday. We've got uh, the Loungeman in studio. We've got John Spillane in studio with the great Conal Creighton. And after the break, the one and only local historian, Limo Higgin. Back after these. The Neil Prendeville Show. Cork's Number one talk show. Pure Cork. On Red FM. Cork's biggest conversation is here. The Neil Prendeville Show is on Cork's Red FM. Happy Christmas to you and yours. Limo Higgin has a beautiful piece in the Hollybow this year. It's a gorgeous piece. He reminisces about his childhood and living in around the marsh and up around that area of the city. He says, uh, everything for us happened in the Mardike. We played sports like cricket and tennis. We fought world wars with imaginary guns and childhood gusto. We learned to swim off the shaky bridge and picked apples from the orchard gardens. Mind you, his Mam died quite young and there wasn't a whole lot around and I think it was a huge sense of community that kept them healthy and kept them going from year to year and he joins me by phone. Liam, good morning. Good morning, Liam. How are you? Happy Christmas, pal. What was what was the Christmas like? You know, you grew up in the you grew up in the forties. There would have been a lot of want around in parts of the city at the time, wouldn't there? There was. But you know, it is only when you look back you realise we we didn't want for anything really. We were quite happy. You know, as I said, we were poor, but we didn't realise it. Um, I was just listening to you a while ago there with the barbershop singers, you know? Yeah. And that was a great, that was a great thing around the middle parish long ago. You had a group of young fellas, including myself. We'd stand at the corner and we'd sing all the old songs. And coming up to Christmas, we'd go up outside the Mercy Hospital <laughs> and we'd, we'd have the, the carol singing. No, we only knew one hymn, and that was Silent Night, but we surely had a lot of other songs, like She Wears Red Feathers and the Holy Holy Skirt, Daddy Wouldn't Buy Me a Bow Wow Wow, I Do Anything For You, Anything You Want Me To, and we'd end up doing this Holy Night, Silent Night. What about how much and is that doggy in the window? <laughs> we are, we are, yeah, that came later, that, that, that was it. Yeah, that, that was the later arrival. But tell me, I mean, months. it's all very well, but you had no electricity. You had probably had, like, no gas or nothing. You were using oil lamps as a kid, I'd say. You say that now. We were, we were. And I remember when we got into gas stove, turned in the gas stove, it was just a thing with two rings. And my mother warned me at the time, 
What are you doing? I'm sure you close the kitchen door because if your grandmother sees, she was living over us, if she sees the, the gas and she'll throw us all in the house. <laughs> do you remember, do you remember the first fridge then? And I think you t- you trying a bottle of Tanora into it to chill it down, I think, did you? <laughs> well, I was living in a the mansion then. We were out to get in the house out to Connelly Road and from where we came from, it was like going into a mansion or a castle. <laughs> we had a backyard and then we had a bash in the shower and all this business. And, um, you know, it was a complete change to what we were used to. And well, a fridge, before the fridge, you had to safe out the back garden, a, a little cupboard with um, lettuce wire in front of it, and you put your meat and your milk inside in a pot and bought something like that to keep it cool. Well, come here, describe, Christmas, a- describe Christmas morning to us then, because Santy would have arrived, you're a child, in and around the marsh area. What was that like? Yeah. Well, you see, we, the, the, the toys that we got that time, you don't see them now. For instance, Mohawkins were very important. You know, the lots of young fellas had Mohawkins. We had the usual flash lamps without the batteries, as you know. And you'll be waiting for the week for the shops going to get batteries for them. And, um, you know, <laughs> but the, the Mohawkins, and I was listening now to the barbershop singers where they go, we had lovely songs that we were singing to come. And we'd be trying to harmonise. Another thing you don't see anymore, um, Neil, is juice hops. Oh, the wing, 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 wing. Yeah, 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 yeah. We all had one, didn't we? And we had a comb with a bit of tissue paper over it and we'd be, some fellas be playing that way. Ah, couldn't you? It must have been better than that. Surely you got cowboy cowboy suits and caps and guns. Train sets. Oh, yeah, caps and guns as well. But I mean... When all the caps and guns were forgotten, when you were throwing all over the house over the smell of sulfur, sulfur, you met up with the lads and you had to sing song at the corner. That was lovely. <laughs> and and what about what about the big feed? Did you have a turkey or was it a goose or what? Well, <laughs> you know, you're really ruining me your stuff now when you mention the turkeys because the farm products were on Henry Street, right? Yeah. Across from the Mercy Hospital. And coming up to Christmas, all the pluckers they come from all over the city with their shawls. They'd be covered in, in uh, feathers. And you'd hear them all singing inside while they'd be plucking away. But we'd be outside, and eventually they had another store further down in Henry Street. And they'd march the turkeys down from the farm pallets, which was opposite the Mercy Hospital. And they'd march them down to the other store, down to the other end of Henry Street. And, of course, all the tenement houses, the front doors would be open. One or two fellas with terriers, with terriers but they bought the terriers, they scattered the turkeys all over the place, and once the turkey went into the into the house out the back, that was the end of the turkey. Tur- the turkey was yours. Tur- all the doors were closed. I but love, I love, again, yeah, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> there's a man down in Henry Street now, he carpets the tire man there, and I, I mentioned that to him one day, and he said there was a man in, and he, he actually had a picture of the turkeys being matched on uh, Henry Street. Oh, well, and yeah. I tried everywhere to contact that man, and I can't. Well, as if there, anyway, yeah, there was every kind of business in the marsh. You were saying in the article, trading and everything from dairy products to Eiderdowns, coal, cigarettes, little shops, meat and meat shops, button shops, hairdressers. You went on to talk about glove makers and barber shops and the Henrietta stores, Manning's on the corner, a fire station, an almshouse, an almshouse. What was that? Was it people yeah, who, there who was had an almshouse in, um, in Peter Street. If they had, did people live there if they were that. destitute? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I only vaguely remember it. I know, I'll be honest with you. Um, yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh, you know, there's so, there were so many things happening at Grant. 
And, and the Nightmare Street, the Nightmare Street was all my point. Like, you had everything you needed in the Nightmare Street. I could name out loads of shops and, you know, you just couldn't believe it. When you go down there now, it's like you're, you're, like you're on a different planet now completely. But did, it was a real sense yeah, of community because you, you do say that there was a lot of poverty and want. You say you didn't know it because you were used to it. But was it a case that because a lot of the time people lived cheek to jowl and they looked after each other's families, did they? They did, they did, they did. Now, just picture the scene. There's a house in Henry, Henry Street, number 25 Henry Street. It's still there. There's the corner of Miller Street and Henry Street. And there was actually 10, fa- ten families lived in that house. So you can imagine... What? Ten families? How many rooms each? Ten. Oh, some of them had only one room, but oh five or six God. kids and I left. I don't know how they managed. Oh we were God. very lucky. We had four rooms. Right. Gee, but, uh, you know, uh, you, you hear then, there was another house in Bachelor Street, known as the Dolls House. The Dolls House, yeah, and, that got demolished, yeah, unfortunately, didn't it? That was, no, there was 10 families lived in that house. And I know all these people, most of my, my friends left in, they all lived in these houses, like. And uh, I mean, there was no there was no such a, as a thing as a bell on the door. There was no bells in the, around the marsh area that time, and the door was all knockers. And if, if I was looking for you when you were up in the third floor or whatever, and I'd knock at the knocker, there'd be four people come out to the door in the morning to know what they wanted. Who was I looking for? Did you go out for the ran? You did, I suppose, Stephen's Day? Oh, we did, we did, we did. And we all came back in and we did. No, when we went for the ran, we went out College Road in these places. We were, they were all family homes that time. Not like today, where all the students are. Yeah. They were all family homes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we, we, we just clean up there. And we'd go back into McCarry's in Washington Street and we'd buy our milk and ads. We'd separate the money. The dish out there could be seven or eight of us there. And we'd buy our milk and ads, milk and ads, and there'd be milk and cakes. Oh, yeah, yeah. And there was a shoe box there. Actually, I think he was the first shop, in, the first business in Cork to get a jukebox. And I'd show it up in 96 FM, Langoa. That's right, yeah. We had a big old jukebox up there back in the day. But tell me, um, what would Christmas Day be like for you now? Christmas Day, like now, I'll be in my daughter's now for the day with the grandchild and all this business. I should be completely different. You know, you'll be treated and so you should my friend because you're a superstar I, I, listen I have no regrets no. I have no regrets no, no. I, I really I just, and another thing before you go there was a shop in Washington Street Uniax you might have heard of it and yeah they, I knew the name they sold, they, they sold all these little things like stink bombs now when they can throw them all that <laughs> and I remember I remember being inside the old St. Francis shots Broadway and as all the old people call it including myself and uh, we'd be up in the balcony and we'd be sprinkling the eating powder and the sneezing powder down on, onto the people underneath you were an awful we terror like, of a young fella I can tell you that <laughs> we made our own enjoyment we made our own alright well listen I wish I had more time but I, I, want, I don't want to lose this opportunity because I'm going to put your I'm going to pin you to your collar now and see if you can give us a verse of the rand before I let you go I won't give you the rand, but I'll give you another one. What? That we all sang. Right. Heart of my heart. Men's friends were there or then. Too bad we had to part. I know a tear would glisten if once more I could listen to that gang that sang. Heart of my heart. Heart of my heart brings back those memories. Too bad we had to part. 
I know with tear would glisten if once more I could listen to that gang that sang heart of my heart. That was our favourite song. Uh, I think, yeah, I, I think it's... And we'd be, like, the, like the, the barbershop singers, we'd be harmonising it. Absolutely, I can picture right. the we, scene we, up in the marsh. We, we, uh, we were harmonising it. <laughs> you did credit to it this morning. Again, mouth organs have gone out of fashion. I don't nearly every one of us had That's fine to have a mouth organ, but you need to learn how to play the damn thing. Otherwise, you're just oh, nothing right. short That's of a right. nuisance. <laughs> We had some fellas and they had harmonicas and they'd be vamping and all this business. They were, they were right hot with it. Happy Christmas to you, pal. I hope we have a good year together in 2024. God bless you. Take care. The great Liam O'Higgins. Fantastic. Back after the break, lads, text 0868104106 with Connor, the loungeman and his band. I'm waiting all week for Santa the Rebel. You're listening to the number one talk show in Cork, The Neil Prendeville Show. It's the best in Cork. On Red FM. Call The Neil Prendeville Show now. 0818-104-106. Red FM. As promised, Connor O'Shea, the loungeman, with his band. He's got uh, Phil Geaton on uh, guitar and Jonathan Murray on keys. Going to get a couple of songs out of him if I behave. So I'll count him in for the first one. Morning, loungeman. I hear you're going to do Santa the Rebel. So a one, a two, a one, two, three, four. It's Christmas and it's time again for old Santa to dress in style. So he picks that special color that always makes him smile. Santa wears red for a reason, and it's not just because it looks pleasing, and it's not because that color is so bright. When he's putting on his vest, shiny buckles and all the rest, well, he picks that shade for the Grand Parade and for Patrick Street tonight. Whoa, Santa wears red for a reason, and it's not just because of the season. There are tons of other colors he can choose. Well, he's dressed in red and white for his favorite city tonight. In his rebel kit, old Santa just can't lose. Wearing red for his favorite city tonight. He'll stop his sleigh down at the old cold cane, need the twinkling stars so bright. He's wearing red, so get your head into bed, and the Shandon bells will start. Santa wears red for a reason, all cars, Santa's a rebel at heart. Oh, how off do my thoughts in their fancy take flight? And it's not just because of tradition He loves those rebel colors on his sleeve When he stops down by the lead It's very plain to see When he hits this town He'll never want to leave Oh, he's wearing red He's wearing red for his favorite city tonight He'll stop his sleigh and at the old cold cane Need the twinkling stars so bright Oh, it's Red FM, it's Red FM And the Shandon bells will start Santa wears red for a reason Oh, cause Santa's a rebel at heart Santa's a rebel at heart Ho, 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 ho,
lounge van doing his thing as only the lounge van can with Santa the Rebel. Going to get another one of him before I let him out of this studio, I can tell you. Anyway, last few uh, opportunities now for Christmas shout-outs, lads, this side of midday. So text 0868 104 uh, Some wonderful, wonderful voxes this morning from all over uh, the city. There's a beautiful thing that Conal Creedon did. I'll talk to him about it in a few minutes' time. But he did a fabulous documentary uh, back in the day where he kind of celebrated Christmas all over the city and the key people in the city. It's gorgeous. You can still see it online. It's up on YouTube and uh, it certainly is beautiful video footage of so many things in the gorgeous city we live in. But one of them, of course, was like that little treasure trove of a toy store up in Shandon Street that uh, that Claire O'Driscoll ran for well over uh, 55 years or so. It's a gorgeous piece of audio. I want to play that and chat up, chat, chat, chat up. Chat up the two lads after the break. Cork's number one talk show, The Neil Prenderville Show on Red FM. Text The Neil Prenderville Show now, 086 810 Red FM. All right, it's in studio and so is Colonel Creedon, but I'm just going to get back to um, the lounge man because I want to do another Christmas song before I let him out of the building. And I think this might be a little softer, nostalgic, classic like the Christmas song. You there, lounge man, my old pal. I am indeed, sir. How happy are you? Happy Christmas. Thank Very you so much, Connor, for coming in. I, no, hope, you had you a, I hope you had a great year, pal. A fantastic year. It's, 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 it's great to be light. It is, you? man. It is. And <laughs> congratulations <laughs> on Santa the Rebel. I love that one. Thank you very much. Uh, I'll be talking to Santa Claus before I finish. But will you give us another one before you go? I think it's the old Nat King Cole version, Absolutely. isn't it? The old Nat King Cole classic. Off you go. Happy Christmas, time. everyone. You too, pal. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire Jack Frost nibbling at your nose Yuletide carols being sung by a choir And folks dressed up like Eskimos Everybody knows a turkey and some mistletoe Helps to make the season bright Tiny tots with their eyes all aglow Will find it hard to sleep tonight They knew that Santa's on his way He's carrying lots of toys and goodies on his sleigh And every mother's child still has to spy To see if reindeer really know how to fly And so I'm offering this simple phrase To kids from 1 to 92 Although it's been said many times, many ways, Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas, everyone. Oh my God, man, Merry Christmas to you. You do it so well. Fair play to you, the lounge man. Excellent. Nice having a studio. Re- look after yourself. Meanwhile, talked about O'Driscoll's toy shop there a few minutes ago. Claire O'Driscoll was behind the till there. Creedon did a great job on this. Have a listen to a piece of it. 
we're here now about 40 years, you know. Long ago now, it was good. In the years gone by, you'd have uh, Christmas Eve, tractors and trailers and deputy dance sets and, and now with all the big shops, like, all that is gone. Well, Christmas Eve now was hectic. You know, I had a little girl that time, Ace, and she was trying to help out inside the shop and the husband was there trying to fix up the things. They were coming. Then we had a small little Santi and a Santi, a small little lad was doing it and he got an asthmatic attack and he fell on the ground and he said, Santi's after dying. So a fella said, get a bicycle pump. I didn't know where to put the bicycle pump or where to shove it to get him. Anyhow, he came right, anyhow, and that carried on. It was really wonderful, like, I mean, uh, they'd be across the road then going to Midnight Mass and they'd call over afterwards for uh, for their stuff, like, and uh, they'd be around there and we'd have a couple of, cup of tea and something like that, a little drink for them. They'd be back then, you see, and they'd ask getting a doll, a crawly doll, and the leg would be out and I'd be calling the husband. He's putting on the ham upstairs and he'd come down the stairs and he'd say, Lord God, what's wrong now? How was he going to fix the leg? He was putting in the leg, the other leg fell out. She had an old walkie-talkie doll for the following morning. We were trying to grab other dolls. Then someone else arrived at the door. Mrs. All the fairy lights are after blowing. I'll bring him in to you and myself might fix him. He'd all the fairy lights around the counter, fixing the fairy lights. And the next thing, someone walk in, they'd be on the ground, walk on the fairy light, burst them all. It was going on. The whole night would be going on. Christmas morning, they'd be ringing the bell. Would you have caps for the gun? And we'd have to be up early for Christmas morning, caps for the guns and all that, like, you know, and uh, and that was going on and going on. And they were quite happy with small things, like, and you could always tell, like, that Santa is going to bring you, uh, is going to bring you a fire engine like that. And, um, yes, we have him here too, but you're getting it from Santa, And that'll go down with the child. There was no problem with that. Everything was like that, but the people were lovely. They were very nice. It's just down to now, like, uh, passing away the time, if you like. I, you know, it was a lovely time. And John Spillane and Conal Creighton in studio. That's from the 2006 movie Christmas in Cork. Did you enjoy that? She's a great raconteur, wasn't she? She's incredible. And um, I suppose I had a school nuisance here and I went to the man. And as a kid, you know, your head is locked into those shops there, you know, like Bridie's as well, just down on Shannon Street. Yeah. Um, but yeah. that, her shop was amazing, really, yeah. really amazing. Yeah. Good to have you again, guys. And how many years we're doing this? It's a tradition that people set their Christmas watch by. Good to see you, John. How was 23 for you? Um, uh, great year, Neil. Thanks very much. Uh, we had a lovely gig in the Everyman Palace there uh, last Sunday night. It was the 26th year in a row that I have done the Everyman for Christmas. So yeah, yeah. I had a great year. I, I recorded a new album this year. It's called Fearishka, The Legend of the Lock. I love it. It's my Gaelic folk opera, and I hope to release it... Um, you know, maybe next okay. autumn or something like but that. I look but at yourself in Conal and you remind me of uh, George Michael and Andrew Ridgely. Like, <laughs> there's a bit of great there. Yeah. <laughs> you and your new Doc Martens, for instance. Do you, you, you can be George Michael, you can. Did you get a new pair this Christmas? I didn't. What? I know, yeah, it's been a tough year financially. <laughs> Come on, so, I go down and I'll buy you no, a pair that of dogs. It's Saturday, it's too early yet. And what pub then when you put them up on the counter and admire them in? It could be one of many, either one of Benny McCabe's or the Chateau's, a <laughs> place very dear to my heart, or obviously the Valley Corner House. Where would you go, right? In fact, I suppose I'd go for a pub crawl <laughs> with my new shoes. Neither of you ever do the 12 pubs, though. No? <laughs> 
Uh, come on, without shoes, that's the problem, right? <laughs> without shoes and legless. No, I never understood. Well, I wouldn't be able for that at all. Yeah, well, you'd start, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. You'd never finish it. Never but, talk, it. but talk about starting and finishing. I do want to do Follow Your Nose, but I think you were working on something new as well, were you, lads? Yeah, well, <laughs> this happened. Were we? It happened recently, yeah. and it's a song that I have called Gertrude Toggart, which is about my mother's home place in Bantry and the right. names of the fields. It's a song that has uh, done very well for me because uh, Christy Moore has, sings it very tenderly and beautifully. But it ties in lovely with um, a story that um, Conan has about his mother and his mother was originally from the Bear Peninsula but reared him down in the middle yeah, of Park City. a neighbour of Bantry where his... So your mum was from. West and the dad was in Shagila. Was that the yeah. way it worked? Yeah. Okay. And I suppose realistically, you know, it's you know, sometimes as adults you get a glimpse of what your mother or father are going through and you never... As a, as a child, you think this is the bubble, and then you grow up and you realize, actually, no, they probably missed home as well. They were probably missing another life yeah. that we didn't know existed. We used to yeah. go there all the time, but then it's okay. She wasn't a city girl, so yeah. like, and that's what this is about. Let's do it. And guys. yours is much the same in a way. It's it's about celebrating where your mother is from. I sing the farm I sing the house My mother was born In Gerta Toggart Colomon A green jewel Sewn in a patchwork Quilt of fields Between the mountain And the river In this time now And in another Where I ran free with my brothers through the long meadow the conicon rua the ford field the park and the clasha the new house field the gullon field the clover field the rushy field where the red fuchsia weeps in the hen's garden and the angels bleed over she seldom spoke of loneliness, but sometimes dared to dream. Up high, up high, where golden fish and angels fly, when the setting sun reached back to say, Come west the road with me. She dared to dream of crystal stream, beyond chimney pots, slate clad buckle beam, from barley lake along craggy spine. Past clear pools sparkling blue Down to the white sands at Puxley's mine She dared to dream of townland tales The gallant rescue of Calf Rock The Spanish Armada when the Rantys had their day And Wolf Tone led the French In treacherous water along the tide of Beira Bay This is Beira, she'd say where the ancient Gaelic order stood against the crown at Dunboy Bay, a shoreline of breathtaking beauty carved by the pounding of the wild Atlantic, kissed by the warm stream from Mexico Way. This is Beira, where the finest gentlemen of Queen Elizabeth's court, Captain John Bostock under George Carew, they crossed Dursey Sound to the island's sanctuary and willfully slaughtered the innocent, thrown from the cliff face two by two. This is Beira, 
where fact and fiction dovetail seamlessly and the spiritual complements the natural without contrivance or contradiction and O'Sullivan Bear led the remnants of his clan on the trail of tears to Leitrim from this, his homeland. This is Beira, a mystical land where history and story go hand in hand, where the demon hound of Lochavul warned of impending doom and the lonesome cry of the banshee sweeps along the crest of crew. This is Beira, a land shaped by the people, a people shaped by the land, where the mountain ram is king of all that he surveys and the regal splendour of the ancient Kyloch is crowned queen by the Kirkadee and the Kirkalee. So no, she seldom spoke of loneliness, but sometimes dared to dream, up high, up high, where golden fish and angels fly, when the setting sun reached back to say, this is Bera, come home the road to me. Saddle up the old grey mare, Tim, Big Danny and Jackie Timmy are going to ride across the mountains to Park Fair. I sing the fields, I sing the farm, I sing the house my mother was born in Gorta Taggart, Colomon, a green jewel. Oh my God, John, you sing that beautifully, and I'm sure Christy does credit to it. But my God, your mother would love that, Colonel. She would love. She us. would love yeah. that. And it's emotional for you, I'd well, say, something like that. she's very homesick, you know, uh, but she had 12 children. She didn't have <laughs> time to be homesick. Uh, no time to be homesick, exactly, yeah. But I know she, like, the odd thing is, in the middle of the night, we'd close the shop late and we'd all hop in the car and drive down to Bear when roads were bad. You're joking me. And then we'd drive back in time to open the shop in the morning. Well, what, why? Why? To visit her sister. She had 10 sisters, right? And we'd visit Auntie Kit and Auntie Dine and all that. Overnight? Uh, no, but we'd go down late, yeah. stay there all night, us playing with our cousins and then we'd return home it would take about four hours to drive to Beira back then you know so we'd leave maybe two or three in the morning from there to get back in time to open the shop oh my know? god but the mad thing is uh, there was a Chinese uh, business around the corner on Pine Street and I remember talking to the daughter saying to, saying to her like what do your parents do like and like for a night out and she's well you know we actually get in the car and we drive to Athlone because we have cousins and I thought that's just what we used to do as well, you know. It's uh, and when he when didn't think wife, twice of it. When his wife died, he returned home to Hong Kong. We thought there was nothing here from really, I suppose, to that point. He, you know, that was his soulmate. And I figure my mother was connected to Wall Street because of the family and stuff. You know, that article in the Hollybow is just so beautifully written. Uh, much of it is fictional. I know you played ball, of course. You certainly did, and you played ball all day. And a little lad dies in the piece of prose you wrote. But and in real life, uh, uh, one of the neighbours' children was uh, was knocked down by did, oh. outside the house, actually outside our house. And to me, I suppose I see that as a metaphor. A metaphor is a big word for that. Was a turning point, really. I think the families realised it was time to move out. Then kids couldn't play on the Because street. you could for many years, but the arrival of the car in the inner city, in and around Coburg Street, Devonshire Street, yeah. Pine Street, well, areas... Even, you remember going to the Mon, right? Yeah. Fellows were getting knocked down every day. <laughs> Fellows were getting knocked down outside the school every day. It was a thing that used to happen, you know, and if that was happening now, it would be on... The, on, people on the radio tube saying I got another child got knocked down today I said but it was happening regularly it was, I suppose we were taken by surprise cars became a thing but you, you know? never left 
where you grew up and were born. Isn't that, I do you find, isn't that amazing? Years, like, you just, what? I lived in Canada for a few years, yeah. um, but no, I came back, at the, yeah, the Savage and uh, the Salmon, same thing. Is it like that, that little area, that couple of hundred square feet is yeah. magnetic to you? Well, a lot of it too was it's I had a laundrette. I had a laundrette. And um, so through the 80s, when things were fairly bad, it's, you know, it was all about trying to stay alive, really. And um, then after 10 years of that, I, I sort of, I got addicted to the place, you know. Yeah, and, um, I know, I know. Yeah. And you see the big changes. It's well, amazing, isn't it, John? Because he's doing, he's doing Cork proud mm-hmm. in words and you're do it, you do it in music. Yeah, well, we're the same age, and we um, we made friends. I suppose we were really well into our thirties. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, it's a parallel, and uh, it's obviously come together. And and uh, so, I mean, my mother had been from Bantry, and his mother had been from Bera. Those two pieces, I think, yeah. were made for each other. Yeah, yeah. What about Christmas Day now? Have you all got plans? Will it be family? Will it be home? Will it be turkey? Spice beef? I do have uh, a mixture of family and friends around and uh, there's a bunch coming this year, maybe, I don't know, whatever the numbers are, but it'll Creedence be Creedence got an open door policy then? Well, no, it'll be the same crowd. It, not the same crowd, but it's, it'll be defined, right? It won't be, come on in all of you, right? <laughs> uh, but they're probably up to about 10 people, I suppose, but it always starts with who go to the St. Finbar Cemetery with my dog, but the dog died this year, right? Oh. And, uh, like, we do the Republican plot and we go to visit my family and Fiona's family's graves and then home and then that night we go for a walk around the city you know like oh, follow the traffic let the a lights you yeah. know yeah like from the trilogy yeah except totally sober <laughs> back in time then for the um, and down in Glenbrook day. all you do uh, well we, we'll be having our bit of turkey on Christmas Eve actually like, just right. the way it happens in our house and um, Christmas Day will be a kind of a day off then all right, you get yeah. it get it done with early, get it out of the way. Yeah, well, you know various family situations and all that. That yeah, has yeah, become yeah, the tradition yeah. now yeah, yeah, that yeah. we have our Christmas dinner on Christmas Eve. Well, we have a tradition here, as you know, um, and we can't end the year without the scove from the top of Gran all the way down, following in his following his nose. Oh. It's it's incredibly popular year in year out. Yeah. I could I could play a recording of it, but you do much more justice in a live scenario. Uh, uh, yeah, well, I mean, thanks to you, Neil. I think ah, the sure. first time we put it together was for your show long ago. It was a long and time ago. It was the first thing we did together. I think. I said 2005. Was that around that time? It was the first. I say yeah, and uh, it was the first piece that we've done together. I know we've done quite a um, a huge repertoire. We've quite a and few we didn't pieces, do the English market was. this year. We did it last year, so we've that one done. But we really need we to do, do follow your nose. Yeah, so okay. you, so, off um, you go, guys. Let's do it. Follow your nose. Happy. Christmas woo-hoo. to all. Woo-hoo. Say, woo-hoo. Can I do your woohoo? Go on. You can't do it. Woohoo! Yeah, John does it. I'm practicing. I spent Monday on Strawberry Hill till I fell and I landed on your windowsill. I hung there by a golden fine web I had woven. From a hair of your head I spent Tuesday just walking through town Till I saw a gold angel come tumbling down And waltzing with seagulls up in an elm tree Where the wind runs her fingers above the dark lee Oh, will ya meet me on Saturday night We'll dance in the shadows between the streetlights Rivers, I know where we'll meet on Princess Street. It 
was a sleepy Saturday morning on Half Moon Street and just around the corner, Christmas. I'm walking off with a self-inflicted pain. You know how it is. Three days and the rantan. Three whole days drinking my seasonal bonus. You know how it is when the belly's had a skinful, the mind is willing, but the body isn't able. Well, that's how it is. Just out for a scove, myself on my own, no particular place to go, just just following me nose. Just follow your nose. Just follow your nose. That's what my granda used to do. A great man for following his nose as my granda. On my mother's soul, he could find his way to work blindfolded. All the way from his front doorstep up on Dublin Hill, down into the belly of the city, just, just following his nose. The first thing that hit my granda and he leaving the house would be the thick country smell of cattle from the dealer's fields beyond the grotto in Blackpool, led on like a, like a bull by the ring. He closed his eyes and followed his nose, past the stale stench of last night's stout and cigarette smoke from the string of pubs along Dublin Street, past the Glen Hall, full length to Thomas Davis Street. And with the first hint of crusty bread coming from the ovens of Healy's Bakery over on Great Room O'Brien Street, he knew he was at Blackpool Church. Then the sweet smell of molten sugar, the Shawleys making toffee apples up on Gerald Griffin Street were carrying past the oak casks of the distillery and onto the water crossroad. A ah, pleasure. A pleasure cut short by the piercing, deathly toxic foul cloud coming from the slaughterhouse off Denny's Lane. But then, just for the whiff of a second, the subtle scent of sherbet drifting down from Linehan's sweet factory would carry him past the putrid pelts of the tannery and onto the first taste of human waste at Paul Reddy. Turning right onto Leetham Street, there'd be no mistaking the warmth of the moist malt to brewing stout billowing from Murphy's stack. He knew then he was on the right track. He'd put the hands into the pockets and whistle. Whistle all the way from Paul Reddy Harbour to the home farm stores, eyes wide shut. And though still out of scent, at the corner of Point Street, the River Lee and Carroll's Key come into scent. High at low tide, low at high tide. Wouldn't turn left nor right, but keep on straight to Three Points Corner where Devonshire Street, Leitrim Street, Coburg Street melt into one. He'd stay right on track, being passed from scent to scent like a baton in a relay race, spurred on by the aromatic blending of Moore's vegetables, Griffin's shoemakers, Noreen's apple tarts. Must be Friday because there's kippers and credence, O'Connell's butchered beef, O'Sullivan's cured bacon. At Falvey's Corner, he'd stop. Stop date. Struck by a tidal wave of fishy smells from the Baltimore stores, enough to knock a horse. And for the first time in his scove, my granddad opened his eyes, looked back at the eastern face of Shandon, where half past seven means 25 to eight, then turning right onto Bridge Street, the fine wines and exotic spice of Madden's would carry him across Patrick's Bridge, through the gateway of the city, all the way to work, just, just by following his nose. Meet me on Saturday night We'll dance with your ankles All bathed in moonlight Between these two rivers I know where we'll meet On Princess Street Oh my God 
You nailed it. <laughs> Take it out, right there. I tell you something, Spadan, that guitar owes you nothing, and I love the sound of it. it you must be playing that 30 years. I'm playing it um, about 20 years, but it's, it's only better. It's getting... Yeah, you must be throwing guitars at you, though, and you keep playing that beautiful instrument. Yeah, well, I'm very grateful to Mick Daly, uh, the black dog in town, for setting up this guitar. He has a touch. You know, Mick, the Lee Valley string yeah, band? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, well, what I have now is I have very good... Um, Glue. Uh, very good strings and expensive uh, Gorilla glue. guitar strings so she sounded very sweet now in the meantime did you, did you know when you wrote that that it would be so popular and touch so many hearts on Lisa it's actually from a play and you know the bad thing is the play is about something totally different and the play was opening in Half Moon Street and somebody said to me just before the play went on it's called The Cure someone said no one's going to go there because they don't know there's a theatre there right and they mentioned you need to drag them down by the nose to, and I thought what a great image and so I wrote the start Is that where it came it. from? And then that became refrain right through the play about three or four times because the grandfather did the walk, the father did the walk. I have walk. seen it on stage, man. I've the seen the, the, the trilogy the on so stage. So it's the same thing coming around again. But I, I love it, like, you know, uh, but uh, just because I like it. You I, don't tire of it is what I mean. Not at all. It's, you know, it's something I do, like, it's like getting sick of your dog. Of course you don't. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> this is all you have, like. It's a great play. It's a great moment that I play when your man is dying at a hangover and he comes into uh, French Church Lane out of St. Peter and Paul's Church. <laughs> What's he doing in the church, like? But he uh, he sees the Christian brother who oppressed him as a child. That's right. And he sees him on his own and he's an old man now and he's very tempted to give him one slap. Isn't that right? That, that, they're all still inside in Waterstones, all those books. They're yeah, all yeah. there. They're, they're all Waterstones there. have been very kind to me, actually, because, I mean, you know, it's, it's a small... Uh, out, we were small, but what I'm doing is very small. And uh, in fairness, John Breen and Waterstones constantly keep you stuck. I would highly recommend, either yeah. for people listening now or as a gift for a loved one, either a John Spillane album or a Cornell Creedon book or even more than one the of them. The interesting thing is, my last book I dedicated to a Christian brother, teacher of mine, right? Because he was actually really, and since then I've met fellas in primary school, right? And I've met guys in my class, and we've also, I've said, to me, this I asked that he was, and University say, yeah, he was brilliant. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. Like, good to accentuate positive. Well, what was interesting is that um, we were looking. I was looking for a photograph, a class photograph from my sixth class, and I couldn't find anywhere. I was asking everybody, all the guys at, from school, right? So eventually, I dropped him a line, right? And I didn't ask him, but I was saying that I was looking for it. Next thing, about two minutes later, the photograph came through, and I thought that's interesting because none of our parents kept it, and oh he had all these classes. And Go he, away. he showed me this photograph, his first class. He taught in Drimna, 62 boys in the class. He was 20 years of age. Away. So, whoa, that's, that's more than a vocation. There that's he is, Colonel Creedon, still telling stories. I have to go and chat to, very briefly with Santa Claus up in the North Pole because he's on a very, very, very tight schedule. If you don't mind, I'll get on with that. And I'll see if you boys have been good. Santi will know. But thank you both for coming in, John. It's great to see you, my man. And Colonel, you as always honouring our annual tradition. Uh, it's great to have you in the studio. Happy Christmas to you both. Good to see you both. Let me, just, let me just see if let me see if I get a line to the North Pole here. Hang on a second. There's a bit of interference there on the line. Let's see if I can get a bit a lot of wind, I think. It's always going to be windy in the North Pole anyway. Let's see if he's there. Santa Claus, good morning! Oh, oh hello! Is that you? It certainly is. How are you, Santi? I am fantastic, Neil. Oh, fantastic. Okay. Listen, yeah. I was just talking about you. Mrs. Claus, she was going through the list 
for Cork and she has all the letters and she's matching up the presents with the letters and she obviously came across your letter and she says to me, she said, Santa, I wonder if you're going to hear from your good friend Neil from Cork's Red FM. And no and behold, you just phoned me. Isn't that amazing? It is amazing because I want to know have all the boys and girls in Cork been good or are they on the good list this Christmas, Santi? Oh, the good list is really long, Neil, really long, but there's three, only three, who aren't so good. But you know what, Neil? Come Christmas morning, they'll be good too. And what about Colonel Creedon and John Spillane? What list are they on, Santi? Well... They're, they're in the middle list. No, they're in the purgatory department, I think. <laughs> they have a few days to improve then, don't they? They do, they do. I think John will have to do a bit of retuning on the guitar and <laughs> Colin needs to get a new pen. You'd never bring, so you'd never bring, bring John a new guitar, string. would you, Santi? Or strings, maybe? No, no, no. I actually love the guitar that he plays, Neil. I might bring him a plectrum. <laughs> And what I'll do then is I'll bring a new pen for Conal. A pen and a plectrum for the lads. You're so kind. What do you want the boys and girls to leave out, Santi? Are you watching your weight? Are you watching your cholesterol? Will they leave out cake and stout? Yes. And between ourselves now, Neil, I've cut way back on all the meat stuff. So what I'm now really big into, Neil, is mince pie. (laughs) Have you tasted the cock mince pies? I love mince pies with ice cream. Do you like it with ice cream or would it melt? No, no, no. You see, I have enough ice around me. (laughs) The last thing I want to do is put ice on my That's true. Okay, so you'd like like mince pies for yourself and maybe, is it carrots or a little biscuit for the reindeer, sir? Carrots for Rudolph and the rest of the Rangers, yes, yes. And I just heard that air traffic control have given you clearance and everything for Irish airspace. What time do you think you'll be arriving into Ireland's airspace? Well, I I could be arriving a little bit early or I could be a bit late and I'll tell you why. Because there's very little snow around at the moment and I travel much faster when we have snow (laughs) and then I have to go over Iceland... And there's a big volcano in Iceland, so I'm going to have to go around Iceland right, okay. to get to Ireland. Okay. So I could be early, Neil. So all the kids need to be in bed early. Get to bed early because Santa Claus is coming to town. We can't wait Absolutely. to see you. We can't wait to see you, Santa. We really can't. Everybody's just uh, waiting with anticipation for your arrival. So make sure that the boys and girls are in bed early, you're saying. Leave out a mince pie and carrots and get the eyes closed. Look after yourself, yes. Santa. Have a great trip. Oh, thank you for calling me, Neil. What Pleasure to talk to you. Happy Christmas. And you too, Santi. Look after yourself. So there you have it, lads. Ho, 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 all the boys and girls. Happy Christmas. So a plectrum for Spillane and a new pen for Creedon. That's it, lads. We're out of time for this week. And indeed, in fact, fairness for this year. Hope you enjoyed. Happy Christmas to one and all. And I'll talk to you in the new year. All the best.